It's a grand final week in the A-League, and Carlos Alberto Diego is here to talk to me about it. And take your calls on 9429-1116 for the Melbourne Dog Lovers Show. You two dog lovers here. <laughs> Celebrate our best friends from May 5th to the 7th at the Royal Exhibition Building. Hello, Hello. How are you there, Francis? It's grand final week. You can smell the sweat and spit in the air <laughs> all the way from Sydney. Uh, and, you know, they might get the old hydroponic companies there overnight trying to grow that grass too. The, I know I heard you on the way in. I know oh, you're disappointed no. about it, mate. But uh, as uh, Lee Broxham said today, it's both. It's 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 the same for both teams. Troy's, he said they've been playing on pitches like that all year, so let's get on with it. And you can just say that their words straight from Muskie, by the way. He doesn't want any excuses this week. They're going to go up there and they're going to battle the way. And, 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 you know, in a way... It may suit victory, you know, in that, uh, you know, uh, Sydney might call themselves a more technical team and on a pitch that's uh, been cut up a bit the night before or maybe, and I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like on Sunday, but... Uh, Let me just have a quick look on my... Yes, because then all, all you need is a torrential downpour, Sydney-style, and uh, then you've got a bit of a slosh and a, and a bit of a bog there, and that'll certainly be a bit of a battle between the two. Sunny, 22 degrees okay. expected sun- on Sunday in Sydney. So hard mud. Hard There'll be mud. hard mud. Hard mud. You would have played on a few of those kind of pitches <laughs> oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah, that's why you know I, you know I don't uh, get too perturbed by uh, <laughs> the, the state of pitches and some of the pitches that. In fact, the 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 pitches in Werribee, where I played right. a lot of my pub league football, uh, they put an end to my career nice and early because the groins went. You know, uh, with the with the clay pitches there. So, you know, these players are complaining about pitches. And none. Uh, to be fair, they're saying yeah, the pitch is not going to be ideal, but they're not. Dwelling on it, I think uh, everyone else is. Everyone wants to have the the best possible surface. Uh, and these days, you think in professional football in this country, I've said time and time again, it's an industry now. And, you know, our showpiece game, and it's always a great game. It's always a packed atmosphere, a uh, packed ground with great atmosphere. And uh, for it to be affected at all by a bad pitch, I suppose it's not ideal. It's not ideal. It's mm. rubbish. Uh, look, I, I did get angry because, like you, as a lover of the game, you just want the best yeah. players in the biggest day to be given the greatest opportunity to be at their optimum. And we're not going to get that. Look, I spoke with Dominic Bossi uh, from the Sydney Morning Herald earlier in the day to just to get a bit of background on why this wasn't sorted earlier. They must have known Sydney FC were an odds-on chance to be hosting the grand final. There should have been some contingencies in place. And I just wondered uh, why it hadn't been sorted out. And I welcomed uh, Dom to the program and, and began asking him about that stuff. G'day, how are you? Uh, the battle over Allianz Stadium has been lost by the FFA. Tell us the background to this. They did try to have the Waratahs game moved, but it didn't come off. Yeah, look, it actually involved the state government as well. However, they're unsuccessful in being able to make a last-minute plea for the Waratahs to move to North Sydney Oval or ANZ Stadium. I think it was too short a notice. I think a lack of corporate facilities at North Sydney Oval was a big blow for the Waratahs. Um, I think they wouldn't be able to sell or resell a lot of those box tickets and they're staying at Allianz. It must be a nightmare scenario for the FFA because the game itself is its showpiece event. It'll be sold out. Uh, these two teams have a great rivalry, yet the standard of the pitch, it's bound not to meet the occasion. Yeah, look, it's already in a very, very poor state uh, and that's given the improved state that it was in even just a, a month or two ago when they relayed the surface. It's still a really bad playing pitch. Uh, we saw last week just how tough it was. The players were complaining about it and that was after two rugby league games were played the night before. Now the 15 man code is an even bigger blow to the playing surface because that just really tears it up. The Rocks and Wolves and some of the big lads on there don't help. 
So on top of that, they won't be given a familiarisation session on Saturday because of the rugby match that'll be on there. They will have access to it on Friday, but that's not to say it'll be in the same condition as it will be for the grand final on Sunday. Now, why wasn't there a contingency in place? Look, there's, there's no doubt that Sydney FC were bound to be hosting the grand final. I mean, you know, you could have at least gambled and said, OK, let's have a contingency in place. This is a likely scenario. Let's have this conversation earlier in case this unfolds. Why was it left to the last minute, do you reckon? Look, it's probably a good question why it was left so late. Uh, I think you probably could have started having this conversation by round 24 or so when Sydney FC became premiers. We knew then they were only one game away from hosting the grand final. We knew then that they only wanted to host their grand final at their home venue at Allianz in Moore Park, uh, not ANZ Stadium over in Olympic Park. So it's a very good question. That conversation could have happened well over a month ago, um, but it was left quite late once the booking was confirmed, and I think then it was a fait accompli. It also begs the question, when will football have its own standalone stadium and where so it gets to you know, determine its own fate here? That's the, the the short solution, but also the most expensive one. Property prices alone in Sydney are, are unattainable for most, so let alone buying the land for a stadium is an incredibly expensive exercise. Uh, the other thing as well is that we don't really have the volume of games in the A-League that will probably justify it for a, a return on such an investment. But where could we have one? I know the site in Cogra for the old uh, St George Stadium was touted as a possible option for Sydney FC. Don, what do you think it'll do to the status of our grand final? It'll be good for the centre-backs. They'll have to do a lot of aerial balls and they probably won't have to deal with too much on the ground. Marco Rojas won't enjoy it. But Graham Arnold has always said that his players are technically good enough to play on a poor surface and to play their brand of fluid football. It's probably harder for Melbourne Victory. If you look at it, Amy Park's been beautiful all season. Melbourne Victory could be in for a bit of a crude shock. Dominic Bossy, thank you very much for talking to us today. Enjoy Grand Final Week. Thank you. Don Bossy there from the Sydney Morning Herald Football A-League writer in uh, in Sin City talking to us about their potato patch. Yeah, look, I, you know, the uh, the other thing that might be cheaper but still expensive, uh, I'm pretty sure, and I'm sure our listeners out there who know their Dutch football, when the AX uh, Amsterdam Arena was built many, many years ago, over, over 10 years ago, uh, I'm pretty certain that they had a rollout pitch where they could roll it out during... Because it's sort of... it's. I think they've got some sort of a glass uh, roof or something like that that would uh, affect the amount of sunlight that comes in if the, you know during the week. And I think they, they were, there was a, some sort of facility where they could roll the pitch out. You know, get like a it, carpet. Yeah, let, let it get its sun during the, during the week and then roll it back in for match day. And, uh, and that's the way that they kept uh, the grass growing and in uh, a and, and good enough state to play their football. So I know that's still an expensive exercise at different grounds around Australia. But, uh, you know, down the track, if you want to look... Uh, you know, in a sort of broader way of how to solve this without building a stadium in one place and all the, polit- all the politics that goes around oh, that, that, maybe that's the way to do it. Can victory win? Absolutely, they can win. Uh, I don't agree with uh, Muskie saying that uh, that their best is as good as Sydney's best. Uh, Sydney are a great team. I think victory are a very, very, very good team, but not a great team. Uh, but on, on, you know, on the day, um, you know, anything can happen. And, um, you know... I, but I think if Sydney are at their best, they'll win. Uh, but victory, the way they played against Brisbane on the weekend, just didn't allow them to to have any momentum in the game, especially in possession. Uh, the, the 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 time it took them to win the ball back when they lost it to Brisbane was just really impressive. And when victory's done that this year, uh, they certainly looked a, a great team. So and they're going in with confidence. 
the, the games, the three games prior uh, this year that they've played have always been really tight games and Muskies sort of walked away thinking they could have won it. So I think there's no reason why Victory can't think they can win it. But I think if Sydney play their best, They'll, they'll be the winners this week. 9-4-2-9-11-16, if you want to give us your take on whether Melbourne Victory can win on Sunday and how they will win if they are going to do it, because the numbers are intimidating. Sydney FC uh, finished a whopping 17 points clear of them on the top of the table in a 10-team competition. That is massive. The goal difference was ridiculous as well. <laughs> it, was, yep. it was ridiculous. Yep. It was a 25-plus goal difference to Sydney FC, who conceded throughout the entire season... How many goals? 12 for yeah. the entire campaign. And I would How say, does that team lose on grand final day? And I, th- I would say the, the difference between victory this year and other years, when they've dominated games, they haven't really necessarily converted that on the scoreboard. And I think even on the weekend, they won 1-0 against Brisbane. I, I'd forgotten, you know, during the game, I was just watching them thinking how dominant victory was. And then to realise it's only 1-0. And Brisbane had this nice little period in the second half, a couple of minutes where they had the ball and they were trying to get them on the counter. And I'm thinking this could be... This could be this could go to extra time because Victory haven't put them away. So I think that's the the frustrating thing. Uh, and Muskie said that uh, if they'd taken their chances more often this year, they would have closed that gap against Sydney too. So that's the only thing that uh, you worry about. And you wonder also, even though you know Victory defended quite well on the weekend, when Sydney's uh, marauding forward with their midfielders and their and their forwards who have done really well this year, how are Victory going to defend against that? Given that they have an attacking approach to their game the whole time. Yeah. I- Look, I would like to think that Melbourne Victory can win this. I can't see how they will. Brillante, Holosco, even O'Neill in the middle of the park. They yeah. against Perth Glory when they had their opportunities to get out wide and go. They 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 were lightning quick it, it, and they were yeah. so effective. It really needs Troisi to have the game of his life because but he needs some support in behind him, and I don't know where yeah. that's going to come from. That's true, but you know, Broxham had. A, I mean, we we actually uh, you know we did uh, talk about what they were going to do with their midfield and moving Broxham in there and uh, Georgeski coming back last week. I think that really helped them a lot. But Troy, he's a, he's a, he's a guy that's going to make the difference this weekend because you've got to trouble the likes of Brilliante and uh, O'Neill in the middle, middle of the park. They've, they've actually just done what they've wanted this year through hard work and through a pressing game and really discipline. But, you know, no one, they haven't had to worry too much about an attacking threat uh, going the other way. And, uh, and I think if Troisi gets in one of his moods where, where he, you know, the ball just follows him around and he starts nutmegging people left, right and centre and starts shooting from distance and getting it on target, I think that makes those two think a little bit more differently about how they approach it. So for me, Troy Easy's the one that, uh, that will make all the difference this week if he's on song. John's in Taters Lakes. He's giving us a call. Hey, John. Hello, mate. How you going, boys? Good, mate. Good, mate. Hey, uh, just a question. I'm not 100% sure. What time does the game start on Sunday, the grand final? It's a 5 p.m. kickoff. Okay, what's going to happen to all those senior players that play in uh, local and competitions that kick off at three? Yeah, we talked about this last week, John. I can't believe that the state federations are scheduling games uh, on on any of the finals. In fact, any A League game nights. You know, why would they be doing that? It's just not supporting uh, the top level for. And the whole idea of kids wanting to get to games and families wanting to get to games. They're wondering why we've got such a big participation rate. You know, 1.9 million, 1.96 million people at last count uh, are registered players in this country and uh, we don't fill stadiums every week at the A-League. And, and this is one of the reasons, because they're playing while the A-League's on and it's, it's ridiculous that they're doing that on grand final day too. Which club are you with, John? Uh, my son plays at Preston in State League 1. He plays for Preston Seniors. 
Yep. So yep. they'll be playing. They'll be kicking off at three so, pm. Yep. Yeah, they'll kick off at three o'clock. I think they've got a home game this week, and therefore we'll um, we'll probably miss some of the game. Yeah, and 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 you know people talk about. You know, us wanting more media coverage, and we want, you know, we want to be treated with respect with regards to pitches and stuff. But if we're not treating our own grand final with respect, uh, where there's games all around Australia being played at that time, and uh, you know, you know, I suppose you, you just get what you what you ask for if that if that's the situation. Yeah, thanks for your call, John. Kane's in Blackburn. Hey, Kane. G'day, boys. How you going? Good. Looking forward to the grand final this weekend. Yeah, definitely same here. Um, just a quick uh, couple, a few things, boys. Um, just regarding the pitch for the grand final, I would have thought that. Um, what about ANZ Stadium was available? Um, they would have got a big record career with the two rivals for the Big Blue. Yeah, it's interesting. I think we in Melbourne take for granted that we'll travel across town to a venue. <laughs> uh, I really think that Sydney itself is. It's like four or five individual yeah. cities stitched together. So they would be concerned that they weren't going to get the Sydney FC crowd. But it was a Sydney there. decision, Sydney FC yeah. decision. Yeah, I would have thought FFA, given that they control the games and they basically, they could tell play, teams where to play and they get all the, the money from the games and distribute it. Well, how much they distribute would be up to the, you know whether the pl- clubs uh, you know think it's uh, worthwhile. But they're the ones in control of it. If they wanted to move it to uh, ANZ, uh, they could have. So yeah. I'm not sure why they didn't yeah. do that. We given... weren't in that meeting, but I'd imagine yeah. the part of it is the fact that they they they'd be concerned they're not going to get their 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 core constituency out to the west, and and maybe also that they've got their corporate partners that they feel like can best service. In Allianz Stadium, and they, you know what, they've been winning there all year. Yeah, they don't care what the pitch is like if they win. And Carlos Alberto Diego here talking the world game, taking your calls nine four two nine eleven sixteen from Aaron. Just a quick shout out tonight to Green Gully, mm. Green Gully man taking on Avondale at Night Stadium tonight in the FFA Cup. Yes, uh, North could beat uh, Port Melbourne last night on penalties. So uh, they With were the two up. Yeah, Portman fought, uh, Port Melbourne fought their way back, but on pens uh, they lost. So that was a uh, a disaster for Port Melbourne, but great for Northcote, who were relegated last year and are now trying to rebuild the club, which Robert's is fantastic. in Caroline Springs. G'day, Rob. Boys, how are we? Good, Good Rob. Rob. That's the way. Boys, yeah, everything we're talking about, exactly right, mate. It's grand final weekend. Um, the kids up and about. We're up and about. Um, you know what? It, everybody at training, at soccer training here in Caroline Springs, look, oh, why are we training this week? Why are we playing a game? Yeah. We want to go to the game. We want to watch the game. <sighs> um, my kids, I've got three kids. We're all dedicated uh, category members at Melbourne Victory. It's like, I mean, I've got a, what's called, I have to be there on Sunday for the boys. Your obligation? Obligations, that's it. So guess what? I can't head down to Sydney. <sighs> um, yeah. So it's got to be that sort of weekend where, you know what, all of Australia, A-League stops for that particular weekend. We all get ready, just like the um, AFL. Yes, you're talking um, sense, Robert. Talking sense. It should be yeah. a standalone weekend. Absolutely good idea. But we've had it right through the final series too, uh, and it's frustrating also during the uh, during the year when I when I want to get to an NPL game and they're playing at the same time as a, a Friday night uh, victory or city game, and of course we've got to come in and do you know the final whistle afterwards. So I can't get to the NPL game. Um, you know it. it you know, one day we'll wake up to it. This has been a problem for a long, long time. And, uh, and you know, you've got to respect your own product before anyone else respects it. And, yeah. the, and the way you do it is just you completely shut down games or don't play them at the same time at very least. Play them all on the Saturday or play them in the morning or something like that. Or just, just not during that time of the game. Stupid, isn't it? Mm. Shikupi is out on the road. Hello. 
G'day, Francis and Carlos. Mate, a couple of things. Uh, first things first, there was a standalone uh, fixture yesterday that uh, occurred for Liverpool where they uh, got an absolute price of three points away from home, which I would say now with a cracker... Emre Chan. Yeah. Hey, goal. goal of the year, I reckon, contender. That's his first place now with that ripper. Um, still the... I reckon they're Liverpool's fight in the Champions League uh, for next season. Okay, and let's have a look at the, the table for you. So they're currently sitting in third with 69 points. Uh, and uh, Manchester City in 66 points with a game in hand. United 65 with a game in hand. Arsenal 60 with two games in hand. But that wouldn't be enough to overhaul them. So, yeah, I reckon they are. And the uh, second thing I want to touch on, uh, mate, Carlos, if you're not doing anything tonight, mate, get... Get yourself down to West Meadows to watch the mighty North Sunshine Eagles from St Albans. Yes. Take it on the NPL powerhouse in the Hume City, which should be an absolute cracker because we're the only team from uh, outside of those NPL clubs that are also in that fourth tier of the uh, uh, National Leagues. Now, Shikuba, um, you actually had a great win. Was it against Preston in the last round? Well, we're actually, well, I'm going to bring up two great wins we've actually had. Yep. We've actually, uh, we were noted in the uh, magazine as, some of the greatest ever FFA in the short history that's been around. Yep. We had a 6-6 game where we were Ooh. down 6-4, yep. down men on the field, and we came back in the last few minutes to score two goals in, in uh, extra time of 120 minutes. I think we scored in the 118th and 120th, take it down to 6-6, yep. and beat Sancho and Georgies at their ground in penalties. Yep. And the last game... We ended up playing, that was two years ago. Yep. In the last game we played against Preston Danong, which is our sister club at Danong Thunder. Yep. We were many times in the lead. They picked us back and they hit the lead to be, to be in the lead 4-3. And actually, funny enough, tonight is uh, SR13, which is a uh, foundation for cancer research. Uh, all the gate uh, proceeds, um, everything from the canteen, everything's going to go oh, to good man, uh, SR for the cancer uh, research council. Uh, research fund. Good on you, mate. We've got to let you go because we've got to get to a break. We'll come back and I want to talk to Carlos and to you as well. 9-14, I want to ask you about Carlo, uh, Carlos about Cristiano mm. Ronaldo. Is he the GOAT, the greatest of all time? <laughs> I'm making the case after, again, another masterclass from the Portuguese superstar this morning. I reckon Cristiano Ronaldo's in the conversation for the greatest of all time and this text comes through. To yeah. even suggest <laughs> Ronaldo is the GOAT is offensive to football. Lionel Messi is twice the player. But, twice. But, not once, twice the player he's. But that's one of the... You're getting hammered, uh, Francis. Hey, uh, there's a lot of Messi lovers out there. I and, love uh, Lionel Messi too. Look, the, the numbers, unfortunately, yeah. make it closer than what people are suggesting uh, with the stats. And maybe because Lionel's not, you know... The guy who pr- prances around with gel in his hair and, yeah, uh, you know, uh, has his own... Oh, oh, he probably has his own... Does he have his own scent? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure he has his own perfume or not. <laughs> if he does, he probably wouldn't wear it during the game like Cristiano does. But uh, So I think it's just the image that people uh, go off Cristiano Ronaldo. But you Look, can't, you can't yeah, argue the facts. I've watched these last three games yeah. in the Champions League and he scored eight times in three games, including two hat-tricks. And just this morning's goals mm. against Atletico Madrid, who are, you know, have been a fine team. Uh, but he's, the yeah. first goal, just a, it showed all the tenacity to get in front of his defender and head that ball perfectly home. So it's not just a show pony. He works his socks off. Yeah. He's brave and he's deadly. The second goal, now it looks, it looks innocuous. You know, it's not the most spectacular, but the technique to yeah. let that ball bounce up. He can see the way it's spinning, to wait for it to fashion his body right and to smash it home. Yeah. I just was just... And then the third one, just 
Crap, wait for the goalkeeper to move, bang. Yeah. And each one of those is bulging the back of the net like a rocket. But that and second I just one think is just unbelievable. Can you imagine being in the Bernabeu Stadium and when when he put that second one away? It sort of bounced up, and it sort of took an eternity to come an down. Eternity. And he just sort of he just waited. He got his body his body shape right, and he just hammered it. But like, it, it, it was enough. It place. was enough for the for the cauldron just to be you know take a, a deep breath in and just watch it go in after it comes off the laces. And it would have been one of those great moments too because they would have known then against an Atletico Madrid side that uh, I thought would have put up a better a better game than what they did yeah, today. But maybe they were just sliced a, apart. I, I, I can't see them making the final now. But nah. but this Real Madrid side would have been fearful of this Atletico Madrid side. So uh, and, and Cristiano Ronaldo was clearly the difference between the two. He's unbelievable. Um, so, yes, you can have those all, all those great players I love too, but I think he's, yep. it's a fair shot to say he's up. He's on the same... Uh, on the same pedestal as those guys. But this is not ironic. Like, was it last week when in El Clasico when uh, Messi scored the uh, the winner and everyone's saying he was the greatest of all time? So well, it's a week to week proposition week. with these two. Today it's him. <laughs> Today it's Cristiano. Michael's in Richmond. G'day, Michael. G'day, fellas. How are you, mate? Just uh, touched on code helping itself out. I know when the uh, big bash is on the G, the district cricket start early so they can finish early and all the people can go and watch it. Yeah, yeah, they probably do. They work together. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the organisations in cricket obviously work together. I'm sure the uh, Football Victoria and the AFL work together too. We just haven't learned that uh, yet, unfortunately. And, and look, we'd love to hide and say, oh, you know, nothing's wrong. But it, it is a clear problem. And I don't know why the state federations, who, by the way, are working with the A-League clubs now. It's not like they're not islands. Uh, the FFV have great relationships with Melbourne Victory and Melbourne City. They work together in the community all the time as if they don't want to help each other out here. And uh, that's that's a frustrating thing for those people who, who won't be able to watch the game live either on TV or get up there on Sunday. Now, uh, thank you for your call, Michael. 94291116. Uh, the other side of the draw in the UEFA Champions League is uh, tomorrow morning. Looking forward to getting up early to watch AS Monaco, who've uh, been once again punching mm. above their... Their weights uh, from Ligue 1 yeah. in France uh, against Juventus, who have been fantastic. Yeah. Can can the French pull an upset? Oh, they, they can, but not against... Uh, look, if it was it any other team, uh, Juventus, are just they just know what to do over two legs. They know t- 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 tomorrow's game is not going to necessarily determine who's going to win. Uh, they, they're just going to set it up for that second leg, and uh, they've just got to do what they've got to do. But Monaco have shown to get to a semi-final of the Champions League, you've got to be very good. You know, the young kid, Kylian Mbappé, um, is just such oh. a great player. And, uh, and Arsene, get yeah, on the phone. I mean, they're going to be raided by, from all the talk in England, there's huge money being thrown at him. Uh, he's only a young guy. Who's, playing uh, yeah, yeah, again, and, and he's a guy that I really couldn't see as a player at all at, Mal, at uh, either Chelsea or Manchester United. He's just playing great football again there at Monaco. And, and they've got a lot of good young players who have got, that club's going to be raided at the end of the season, but they're going to make some decent money because the English Premier League clubs want three or four of them. But Juve was superb in their two legs against Barca, Yeah. They? Yeah, and, then, and that's why uh, this is a, a thoroughly professional Italian side that has the flair to win games, but also if you've got to close them down and make it really difficult for the opposition, especially if a flair-type a flair type team like a Monaco team, uh, they're just it, it's just made for them to make that final. But I cannot wait uh, for, that, for the final, and I'm thinking it's a Real Madrid-Juventus final, uh, because suddenly... You know the caginess of the Italians, and the and again the uh, the maraud the, the marauding sort of style of Real Madrid. I think it's going to be a great final. I know I'm going a, a couple of weeks ahead, but uh, but that's how I see it happening, and uh, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. 
Okay, so that's what's coming up tomorrow morning. If you want to get up, I think it's 4.45 a.m. kickoff. Yep. That's what video recorders are for. <laughs> if you want to watch it a bit later on. Uh, and just to the Premier League, because I know a lot of our listeners are interested in it at the moment. Chelsea still hold a, a four-point gap over <coughs> Tottenham yeah. uh, at, the, <laughs> at the top of the table. Uh, but I think Spurs could... But there's still a chance to change. Yeah, and they're playing great football, oh, they and they just, yeah, dismantled you guys. I, I don't remember a time when they've done that to Arsenal. So this is a this is a Tottenham side that uh, has taken a few years to build, even though they've done well. Uh, this is a team that, if Chelsea don't be careful, uh, you know, they could bridge the gap and and surprise us all so and end up winning it. Let's have a look at their fixture list. So Spurs are away to West Ham. So London derby this week, and uh, Chelsea have Middlesbrough at home, which you'd imagine that they they're going to win. Uh, onwards from that, we look at Chelsea are at home to Watford. Spurs have Manchester United uh, the following Monday. Yep. So they've got the tougher fixtures. Chelsea with Sunderland, who are Ox relegated on the final day. And Tottenham Hotspur on the final day are away all City. So, yeah, look, they've got the harder mountain yep. to climb. But if they do, I mean, if they, if they win it, they would have earned it for sure. And uh, look, over 38 games in the season... Um, you know, anyone who wins it does earn it. It's a, it's a real marathon. But this is a really terrific Tottenham side, and it was interesting in the conversations uh, in the lead-up to the Arsenal team. In the, in the past, it's been, can we finish above Arsenal? Nowadays, it's not even that conversation. It's like, we'll beat Arsenal. It's about chasing Chelsea now. So well, that's, Just one season doesn't make us... Well, it's taken them 21 years. Come well, on. Well, they finished second last year too, mate. So Arsenal uh, finished second last year. Did they? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Tottenham Come on. Next, yeah, okay. Tottenham fell away right there. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Fans, I've got nothing to hang France on is to. about to explode in here, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> just on that, though, the Wenger situation just continues to... Hey, got Diego Simeone on the sideline today. Atletico Madrid... Has he, has he you know, got all the juice out of that lemon? Can we get him to the Emirates stage? Well, all the talk he's going to get into Milan, a, a, a team of, uh, that's close to his heart. He played you know, a lot of football with them and won things with them, and also they're offering him a lot of money. I'm not sure whether Arsenal will be able to match that, but uh, oh, they can if they want to, but they're not big spending. And, uh, and also the dilly-dallying of uh, Arsene Wenger. Like I said the year last week, if they win the FFA, if, sorry, if they win the we FA Cup, we couldn't even win the FFA Cup at the moment. That's right. But if they win the FA <laughs> Cup, um, there's a big chance that he, I reckon there's a big chance that he'll go on his terms. And oh. I can't, I just don't know who will be managing Arsenal. It would be a big culture shock if Diego Simeone comes into that club. Well, that's mate. what the place needs. It does absolutely, but uh, I think there'll be a huge clear out. They'll get some real, uh, real. You know, resilient players in there, and uh, it'll be a different Arsenal. It'll be back to the, you know, one nil for Graham. Arsenal days, George Graham sort of days. Happy times. Good <laughs> <laughs> morning, Carlos. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy Good the mate. grand final. Give me a prediction. I think Sydney will win, uh, but it, it'll it'll be late. It'll be late in the game. It might be even extra time penalties. It'll oh, be that tight. What a heartbreak victory fans. Mm. Carlos Alberto Diego with us.